Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. What does it mean to have an abundant life? If you felt that you had an abundant life, what do you think it would look like? Just over 30 years ago, my husband and I arrived back in Australia with two boys, Duncan and Richard. We'd be living there for three years because of my husband's work. And when we came back to Australia, we were actually fortunate enough to pay cash for our house in Warunga with a swimming pool. We owned two investment properties. Our boys were booked into private schools. And we um, settled well into um, our local church. I thought I had an abundant life. I'd become a Christian as a young child and I grew up knowing the Lord. I served him at our local church, at ISCF at school, and in our Christian university group. And following university, I worked as a teacher, traveled overseas, I studied at the Christian community Labrie, and I worked in full-time Christian ministry for three years. I waited a long time to find a husband because I was waiting for a Christian husband. And we enjoyed, in our new church, um, leading home group together, Bible studies, and being involved in ministry there. But over a period of five years, through a series of different events, we lost absolutely everything we owned and were declared bankrupt. How could God have let that happen to me? All my life, I had tried to please him and serve him. And during the time when our finances were looking shaky, I just tried to be the dutiful Christian wife I tried to support my husband through his business endeavours. And I didn't think that um, what happened to us was really fair. This was a time in my life when I really felt that I really couldn't trust God. And just when I started going back to work to get us back on our feet financially, God had another surprise. And he blessed us with our little daughter, Emma, who's now 28. The next few years were not easy because we were trying to juggle bouts of employment and unemployment. I was still trying to be the perfect Christian wife and perfect Christian mother. I was trying to support the children and, and keep living the North Shore lifestyle, juggling everything. It was a rocky road believing 
that God was working for, for good in my life. Then following this time, our son Duncan had left high school and he was working um, delivering pizzas while he was trying to plan the rest of his life. He unfortunately had not followed the Christian lifestyle that we had raised him to have and he'd gone to live with his girlfriend. This was a real blow to understand how God could let that happen to my ch children. And then one day we had the phone call that every parent dreads. Um, Mum, can you come and post bail? And the following two years were a series of court appearances and trials and hoping that our son would not spend time in prison. A blessing was that he only received weekend detention. I thought that God had put us through our fair share of trials and always kept hoping that things would be brighter in the future. But then, little did I know what we would have lived through over the past 10 years. Our beautiful daughter, whom we loved so much, who we'd raised in Northridge, who was baptised at Northridge, who, tried, who told us that she loved with God with all her heart, decided to turn away from that lifestyle too. And she picked up the party lifestyle. She tried to keep her bulimia and the extent of her drinking hidden from us. But it didn't take long for us to work out that she really was an alcoholic and had serious problems. It's taken her a lot longer to work out that she's an alcoholic. And when the alcohol didn't take away her pain, she started cutting. We'd find her on the floor, fallen over, bleeding. She'd wake us up in the, night, in the middle of the night, walking into our room, streaming with blood. The ambulance and the police were regular visitors at our house. And we also became regular visitors to the emergency at Hornsby Hospital. She would be bruised and scarred from falling over. Often she didn't know where she'd been the night before. She tried taking part in AA, she's tried detox, and she's tried rehab. But as yet, she's not overcome her addiction. Then finally, my precious husband was diagnosed with motor neurone disease. And when, just when we were looking to the golden years and good times together, he went to be with his Heavenly Father. This is not what I thought an abundant life should look like. A 
As Bonnie said, we came to Northridge right back at the beginning. Our family were there at the very first meeting 20 years ago, even before Northridge had a name. And during those first couple of meetings, one of the first members, Mandy Goodburn, um, she had a prophetic word for Harry and I. She said that we would endure long and we would have a backbones of iron. I was a little disappointed with that. I, I'd hoped for something a little bit more encouraging. Um, other people always seem to get really encouraging words and, and um, that wasn't quite what I wanted to get handed out, so I was a bit disappointed. And back then, um, I was really feeling shaky about Northridge and I wasn't really convinced that we would be staying there a long time. But what I want to say this morning is that because of the last 20 years that we've been at Northridge, of experiencing what I've learned here about loving God and worshipping God, and what I've experienced here from other people about how they love others, is that I can really stand and say that there are times over the past 20 years that I can see that God's given me a backbone of iron. And I just want to be able to say after 20 years, I want to just thank everyone here who's been such a valuable part of my life and who've walked the journey with me um, for how important it has been and how it's helped me along my journey to learn more about an abundant life. I've had to learn to stay faithful while facing hardships. Learning to believe that God really does love me has not been easy. Learning to trust God has not been easy. Learning to believe that he works for good in my life has not been easy. Learning that I can have joy and peace when nothing in my life seems to be going the way I want it, has not been easy. Did Paul really mean me when he said, have no anxiety about anything? And to make it worse, some of my friends that have walked through life with me have never had not even one of the trials that I've gone through. And so I've really been challenged to think, is God fair? And I got to the point through it all where I actually thought, I do believe that God is sovereign. And I do believe that God doesn't make mistakes. And he hasn't made mistakes with me. All these things are happening whether I like it or not. So I make a choice. I either say, God can't help me at all, and I walk away from him. Or I say, God can help me, and I walk toward him. 
So I started pursuing God. Now let me encourage you with the words of Jeremiah. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And there began my journey to find more meaning of my relationship with God. To use my heart to be connected with his heart. The first struggle I had was I had the head knowledge that God loved me. But I didn't really feel it in my heart. God made me just the way he wanted me to be. And he gave me the family and the circumstances in life that he wanted me to have. And I was encouraged in reading the Psalms when David said, in the words of David, you saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the numbers of days you promised to me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. Every single moment God is thinking of me and he's thinking of you. Every single moment. And as I pressed into God, prayed, and asked to know love, <clears throat> his love, just parts of the Bible <clears throat> and different teaching that I listened to became more of a heart revelation. I had a revelation of his suffering, of Jesus' suffering, and the good things that he wanted me. God doesn't make the bad things happen, but God was saying that he would give me the peace and joy in, the, in all of them. He showed me that he knew my path and he knew the disappointments that I faced and he was walking through with them. Psalm 58 says, You've kept track of all my wanderings and weepings. You've stored my tears, many tears, in your bottle and not one of them will be lost. He wanted to comfort me during the hard times. One analogy that I heard likened our life to a game of football. God knows the score at the end of the game and we are the winners. But there's times during the game when we feel like we're losing. And if we knew that at the end we were going to win, we'd just keep on playing and not worry about the ups and downs. Just confident that we were going to win at the end. And I thought, why did I spend so much time 
worrying about what was going to happen. God knows it's all going to work out for good. A verse that I've kept bringing to mind throughout my whole journey and it's been really important is from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. It's often been said that God's ways are not our ways and that has been at the heart of a lot of my learning. Paul expresses God's reaction to our questioning in Romans when he says, who do you think you are to question God? Does the clay have the right to ask the potter why he shaped it that way? And I learned that when we grumble and complain, we casually despise God's sovereignty. God teaches us not only to survive the hard times, but to have peace and joy. Jesus came so that we can enjoy our life. He said in John 10, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And when I was introduced to the speaker, Joyce Meyer, her show is called Enjoying Everyday Life. Well, I thought that might be true for a lot of other people, but it certainly didn't feel true for me. But as I listened to various teachings and pressed into what God was showing me, I realised that I could have an abundant life. I kept waiting for each successive hardship to resolve itself, putting an abundant life on hold. And then I had the revelation that that may never happen. And I needed to start enjoying my life and the good things in it, in the here and now, and not being overwhelmed by what was happening. Not easy to do. At least I wasn't being shipwrecked or put in prison like Paul. How could he go through that praising God and finding peace and joy and not complaining? And as I read more of his letters, I learned so much about the power of being thankful to God. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The power of thanking, a thankful, trusting heart, will help us to see things from God's perspective. And when hard times come and we thank God, we're actually telling him that we trust his sovereignty. So what does abundant life look for me now? Look like for me now? Well, to quote Joyce, Joyce Meyer, I'm not where I should be, but I'm not where I used to be. 
I'm okay, and I'm on my way. I'm actually thankful for the hard times. And without the hard times, I would not have come to know God so intimately. There is such a freedom that comes from trusting and thanking him and not being controlled by my circumstances. I don't have the material things that I had 30 years ago. But what I have now is way far better. I'm on the football field, I'm playing the game. I'm not worried about the score because I know at the end I'm going to win. And God has given me everything I need for this abundant life. It's not the house or the car or the social standing or any of the things that used to be important. Paul explains what God's given me in Galatians when he talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God has given us all love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. What a privilege to know peace and joy that's given to us so freely. As I navigate the different circumstances of my life, it's a matter of walking close to God and continually trust him to fill me with these gifts so that I can continue to overflow with hope. An Anglicomplete preacher called Ray Galea uses an expression that I really like. And he says, the currency of heaven is Christ-likeness. So the things that are valued in heaven is Christ-likeness. And so whatever God uses in our life to make us more Christ-like is what he's using to give us an abundant life. I'd like to finish with reading from a little devotional that I found very helpful by Sarah Young. It's written as if Jesus himself were speaking directly to you and it's based on the words from the scriptures. And so I'm thankful for sharing everything with you this morning. It's been a great privilege. It's been a great privilege to be part of this beautiful group of God's people, of worshippers and believers and people who love him and love each other. And I hope that I can encourage you this morning to take hold of the freedom we have and the abundant life we have because of what we have in Christ. Give yourselves fully to the adventure of today. Walk boldly along the path of life, relying on your ever-present companion. You have every reason to be confident 
because my presence accompanies you all the days of your life and onward into eternity. Do not give in to fear or worry, those robbers of abundant living. Trust me enough to face problems as they come rather than trying to anticipate them. Fix your eyes on me, the author and perfecter of your faith. And many difficulties on the road ahead will vanish before you reach them. Whenever you start to feel afraid, remember, I'm holding your right hand. Nothing can separate you from my presence. We go out this morning, God is holding our right hand. Nothing can separate from, from our presence, from his presence, and we can have an exciting, adventurous, abundant life. Libby, thank you so much for sharing with us. We'd just love to pray for you as you've um, shared this morning. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have spoken to us through Libby. Thank you for her courageous spirit. Thank you for her bravery in being so honest and vulnerable with us. We just pray right now as she's given out this morning that you would give back to her, that you would fill her with that abundant love and presence that she has talked so much about this morning. We just pray a blessing on her and her family. In Jesus' name, amen.